Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Stand by for Operation Podcast. It's found its way through to Enzo Fernandez. Mikalenko can now find Dwight McNeil, and off he goes. Tried to be pulled back by Gallagher there. Great ball through. Calvert Lewin, great save. Chance to Corey. Slams it home for Everton. He's the Johnny on the spot again. Under the goalkeeper, who's fists it down, and it's smashed home by Lewis Dobbin. What a moment for the 20-year-old. His first ever goal for Everton. Lewis Dobbin seals the victory. Today we've had to fight against a very, very good Chelsea side with a top manager, in my opinion, someone I have a lot of respect for. We've had to fight. We've had to do all the ugly hard yards, stay resilient as a team, press, defend and recover and stay solid. And we've done that against a very good side with some very good individual players. It's just about putting a team performance in. It's not about individuals. You know, everyone is in this together now. Um, we've got to keep picking up points and, and keep progressing as a team and keep them letting go. Hello Blues, welcome to the Toffee Web Podcast, here to discuss another superb Everton win, this time over Chelsea at Goodison Park. It was, of course, the Toffees' third win in a row, and their ninth in the last 13 matches in all competitions. If this keeps up, it's going to be quite frustrating seeing where we should be in the table, were it not for the 10 points we were deducted by the Premier League, because Everton, of course, should be in 10th place, and just four points off sixth. How very Everton would it be to be denied a place in Europe again by the powers that be, eh? I have Paul and Adam joining me, and Adam, you made a pilgrimage across the Pennines to Merseyside to witness the Mighty Blues put Maurizio Pochettino's expensively assembled rabble to the sword at the Grand Old Lady. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it must have been a top day out. It was It was a really top day out, and it's great because you're on cloud nine, you're walking out, your voice is hoarse, mine's still hoarse, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, You just feel absolutely on top of the world, and you think it doesn't really get much better than this, and then... Who do you see in the sea of faces? But Paul Trail. Um, it was it was brilliant. It was a cherry on top. Um, so uh, yeah, that was uh, that was great. And um, yeah, kind of took me back to sort of a pandemic where you'd sort of work with colleagues who joined sort of halfway through, and you'd never met them in real life. And then they met you, and they go, "I thought you'd be taller slash more handsome." Um, but, so, um, so this was a chance meeting then. You brought this was you a chance meeting. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, this, yeah, yeah, I wasn't wearing uh, a carnation and, and, a, and a smile. It was, uh, it was, it was pure chance. But uh, you, 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 you were in a popular place, weren't you, Paul? You based like Norm from Cheers, where everyone knew your name, and you were you often meet people from. What was yeah, it, yeah, and, yeah. There's a few, yeah, a few Dutch mates were like uh, over, so kind of ran, ran into them a little bit out of the blue, and um, and I might just before that I ran into you from Canada, just out of the blue, and then ran into you. So, but 
guess all this is probably less exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> don't, 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 don't do it down. Um, yeah, but, but our, our listeners probably won't know, though. We've, most of us haven't actually met before in person, <laughs> which, which is uh, quite, so it was just like a real, uh, real treat to run into. I was just walking along, yeah, desperately trying to get to the pub to, to, before the crowd got in. And uh, yeah, Paul, you know, you look at somebody and like, who, I know who that person is, but Oh, it's, yeah. it's that foot sort of thing. So yeah, I get I get yeah. that a lot. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, nice. I mean, really we, cool. we've done it now, haven't we? So uh, don't have to do it again. No, no, it was it was it was it was, uh, it was great, and it was um, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was obviously it was a fantastic atmosphere. Anyway, it was really buoyant. Obviously, with that second goal going in to quell the nerves, which had definitely started to build up. Certainly, in that last fifteen minutes for me, um, it was a tough watch at times, but. Also, kind of, kind of comfortable. We kept aside at arm's length. We've got players who can hurt you. Um, we we made them look pretty ordinary, um, as well as my family. Um, I guess he is family as well, but uh, less so. Um, and I say that pointly. Uh, my brother-in-law came along. He's a Chelsea fan, um, so he was uh, he was very uh, embittered. But but had a great day out as well. And I think was sort of sneakily a bit happy for us because he could tell um, it was one of those days. And they. They really didn't do much, did they? But luckily, luckily, um, when it mattered, we were clinical. So um, fantastic, fantastic day out. Um, great. And uh, yeah, like I say, what's better than three points? Three points and pull trail. That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> it was a proper game of football, wasn't it? That's what I really liked about the game. It was a real uh, a real battle. Yeah, I mean, a lot of tackles flying in. We defended really, really well, I thought, uh, particularly when we were ahead. Um the, uh, the Ukrainian, is it Murdich? Murdich, the, mm. the Ukrainian. I thought, like, um, yeah, I thought uh, Patterson did, did, did really well on that right side um, when he was, he was thrust into that. Um, no, it was, a, it, was a really, it was it was it was a tough game. It was a real battle. Um, Chelsea weren't great, no, but they were you know they were competitive. It was uh, you know so mm. we, we had to we had to really be at our best there. So it was um, really what football should be like. You know, what I mean, I think it was you know the atmosphere was brilliant. It was real good tempo to the game. I couldn't believe how, how quickly it whizzed by. And then when it got to half time, I was like, flipping heck, that was a really quick forty-five. And then same again when we got towards when we got to seven minutes of stoppage time. Um, no. It's good to see a proper game and two teams are getting stuck in and going at it and uh, to come out on the right side of it's just brilliant. I mean, yeah, we deserve to win, no doubt about that. But it wasn't like some of the other games this season. I mean, we just created a ton of chances and missed them all. We were actually, as you say, much more clinical with the opportunities we did have, you know. So um, a couple of great finishes there from Decore and uh, from Dobbin. Um, great to see Dobbin score, wasn't it? It's a really nice moment yeah. when, you see a, when you see a young kid come on and score. So really good for him and some of the footage from social media from Everton's really, really good, isn't it? About the, um, you know, how, how, how much you see, how, how much it meant to him. It's really, really nice to see. So good on him, made, made up for him. So yeah, it's just, they're just all working so hard for each other. And they're just playing like a proper team. And you just got to, just got to give credit, Sean Dyke so much credit for getting so much out of them. Um, I don't think that many other managers in the league would get that much out of that, out of, out of that group of players. Now we have got some quality, but, we got a lot of, you know, players who are just probably exceeding expectations a bit at the moment, I think. And just uh, good on them for just uh, having the right mentality and really, really sticking at it. And uh, what a run, what a run one. And just, you, you just can't believe we're, we're 17th, can you? You know what I mean? Even, yeah, it just feels <laughs> yeah. like, I know we've had a 10-point deduction, obviously, but how can you win so many games and just be where you I can't believe even after winning them games, we don't need to be 10th, to be honest. <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of, it's a really, must have highlights the, the really poor start we made. And, you know, it's uh, but yeah, a lot of reasons to be positive at the moment, and the, the lads have just got to just got to keep on going, haven't they? I think we're like, what, aren't we? Like something like top four, top five form at the moment over the last what eight or eight or nine games. I think since we had that really poor start, I think mm. the results we've had since then, have, I think we're in. You know, we're, we're definitely amongst the top four or five. Which, <laughs> I mean, it's, to be, right? as, yeah, I mean, it's as you say, it's just. It's just testament to what to what Sean Deitch is, is is doing. I mean, you know, we keep coming back to the intangibles like mentality, spirit, unity, determination, and that is credit to both the players and the manager. And as you said, Paul, it's hard to it's really hard to overstate the job that Deitch and his team is doing at the moment because I think, as we've mentioned before, the players could quite easily have just folded. You know, after that points deduction. Um, you know, particularly those who've been in a relegation battle for more than two years now, and they've kind of, you know, just 
thought, well, to hell with this now. <laughs> we've, we've kind of given everything to keep ourselves up, and then we now we have to go do all over again, and it's not this time is not our fault. So, you know, I think Dodge said on Sunday that you can't buy things like mentality, but I think you can recruit with that in mind, which is something that obviously David Moyes was very good at during his time at Goodison. I mean, Ashley Young's 38, but he's a model pro. You know, James Tarkovsky, the same. Um, Captain Material, who'd run through brick walls for you, just a gay, is 34. And he probably didn't bank on winning anything when he came back to us, you know, but I mean, he goes out and gives his all every 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 week. I mean, even Abdullah Dekura, I mean, he's the wrong side of 30 now, but he's in the form mm-hmm. of his life and clearly playing for the cause and, and loving it. You know, he's not just sort of, you know, phoning it in for the, for the remainder of his contract. So, you know, I, I often wonder where some of the players in this day and age get their motivation because, you know, they've paid so much money. Um, and obviously they don't all have it. I mean, some are obviously there for the for the wages. But, you know, when you get this kind of unity and sense of purpose, I mean, it's an incredible motivator. Um, obviously the fans are a huge part of this. I don't think you can have what we currently have at Everton without the kind of visceral passion that Evertonians have shown since. I mean, all, you go all, all the way back to December 2021, I think, really. You know, there's been some debate in the last couple of days about whether Everton would be when I would have won these last three games in particular, had it not been for the, the points deduction or the kind of fury around that. Um, but our form is clearly already on an upswing. We were already looking like a solidly bottom half side or sort of mid table bottom half side. But for me, this, this siege mentality that is created um, by the loss of the 10 points, this kind of feeling of betrayal by the Premier League and, and this sort of big middle finger that we've collectively given to mm-hmm. the powers that be has, has just given us that little bit more fuel that I think in the last kind of 10 days has really put pushed us past uh, Forest, Newcastle, um, and now Chelsea. I mean, I've run out of ways of expressing my pride for this club. It's just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And and you touched on a lot of the experience pros and how it's it probably has. Because I guess, I guess for a lot of them, if you're actually young and you're 38, you probably think you've seen everything in the game and then yeah. 10 points get taken off you and it, yeah. it, I, I guess it's a new challenge to face um it's it's something it's it's a new problem to deal with I, I don't necessarily like the way that obviously the, the kind of the wider media narrative oh it's it's galvanized everyone isn't it great it's not it's not a positive thing certainly but it has I guess highlighted the progress that we've made under Deitch it's highlighted that unity and as well as those players who um who yeah as you say our season people like Decore though I guess you'd argue he's a bit of a late bloomer and is starting to sort of be one of the older heads in that group and starting to really show his, his quality, which he certainly did with the goal. I think the Decore who who joined Everton um, in the Ancelotti years probably probably doesn't take that chance. Um, he, he probably he, he probably sort of goes goes away the goal he goes or or blazes it. And, and you know what? He still might because it's able to Decore. But it's it's a it's a really composed finish. Um, on his hundredth appearance as well, which um, is kind of mad, isn't it? Really, yeah. Um, yeah. And who knows what that figure would have been if uh, if Lampard had stayed on. Um, but then also, you look at the younger players who are coming through, and obviously the, the two young substitutes who came on Sunday both had really positive impacts. As players like Patterson, like Dobbin, who I guess we've not really been talking about as much, partly because of injury, partly because of um, the form of other players, and then McNeil, who is still incredibly young, Garner as well, Bramthwaite, who, again, we have to talk about because my heart sank when I, when I saw him hobble off the pitch. And as I thought, we all did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know he's missing for um, for the uh, for the Burnley fixture, but obviously knowing that he's out for one game, actually maybe not the worst time to serve a suspension if you've taken a knock in the previous game. Um, but again, just a colossus at the back and showing something different in his game to soldier on following following an injury there's it, there's a really really good group there and like you say it's a group that you can be proud of both of the the players who've been there done that and who inspire that bit of confidence certainly non non better than Tarkovsky as you mentioned Lyndon but also those players who you think wow how, how far can this player go how far can Anana go when he's not really fully fit and he comes on into that midfield and starts yeah. to dominate against mm-hmm. let's face it two two midfielders who cost twice our entire lineup put together um he 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 really dominated that mid well dominate is maybe a little strong but he certainly doesn't look out of place and again has only played probably about half the professional fixtures that uh decory's played in his in his everton career in his entire career so there's real real room for improvement as well and um i guess 
the interesting challenge because this is Everton and because this is me, we've got to have a sort of pessimistic end to the ramble, is how is it going to look now that we are starting to just see maybe the first little bite of suspensions and potentially injuries yeah. as well. That's obviously the trickier thing of playing this system on the Deitch and expecting a lot of players and certainly there'll be some tired legs after Sunday. But the great thing is that in terms of the, the mental side of it and the spirit side of it, it, it really couldn't be higher at the moment, could it? No, the lads are giving it everything. And that's, yeah, to see like James Garner was a good example on, you know, just coming back from sickness, you know, I mean, he, he, you know, he can't have been quite a hundred percent, but he, he never stopped, you know, there was examples throughout the whole team. And yeah, it hadn't really occurred to me, Lyndon, as you said, the, the, it's, the, the experienced heads are really sort of giving us a lot at the moment, aren't they? You really yeah. can't be asking for much more than, than what they're providing. And you mix that with a good young, new, a good young nucleus, as you said there, said Adam as well. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's a light squad is the thing, isn't it? You know, I think under, uh, you know, you, you'd wonder if we, if if we do have a bit of an injury crisis, you know, it, 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 we probably will hit a sticky point at some point just to, just due to, due to squad squad size. We've got to be prepared for that, and we've got to kind of be a little bit accepting of, of that as well. I think because they've, they've they've given us a lot, um, but you earn it, don't you? You know, and, and the players the players earn that right by 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 giving us what they're doing now. So. Um, Absolutely brilliant. Um, and yeah, and we said that a lot last year, not sure by having to find a way, but it was all sorts of different uh, different you know, permutations and challenges here to face them, wasn't there, in terms of squad availability. But it's how he finds a way now, I guess, with the suspensions, the injuries going into the Burnley game. But I think he did but he did a good job of that against Newcastle. Nobody nobody would have seen Jack Harrison going into midfield and doing a, doing a marvellous job in there, you know. So it's, uh, you know, he's just finding ways to do things and, you know, just, just stretching the best out of the squad. He, he, he pushes them as far as he possibly can, I think, doesn't he? Anyone watching um, the game on Sunday will have seen Jack Harrison. He, he is knackered. He needs. He, he, had, he had a very busy game on <laughs> yeah. Thursday. He's yeah. dead on his feet. But like he still, he still eked every last little bit out of him, didn't he? And that, that, that's uh, that's what he tries to do, you know. And uh, yeah, just you just can't fault any of them at the moment. So it's uh, you said it best, and so proud of them. And uh, I thought it was, I thought that was potentially uh, one of, if not. The best, certainly one of uh, the Corey's best games for Everton. I thought on um, on Sunday, it's only frustrates me a lot. The Corey, and we said this before. And how can, how can you be disappointed as somebody who, who produces so many goals and assists? You can't, you know. But like <laughs> yeah. he, he just drives me mad with some of the things he does. But he didn't. Uh, maybe I think there's one thing sticks in my mind of a misplaced pass or something silly. But other than that, he was just everywhere. The amount of tackles he made, the amount of chasing back he did. He was, you know, see how pumped he was pumping his fists at the uh, at the Gladys Street. It was just uh, great to see and good good honour for scoring a, scoring a good goal. I didn't realise it was a 100th appearance. That's good. So, uh, good for him. And just amazing, the contributions. He's getting so much more out of the players than perhaps they're, by rights of it, it should be able to do. You know what I mean? So, uh, particularly some of the ages and stuff. So, yeah, I could just only really echo what you guys have both just said because you're just so proud of them both. It's uh, Of them all, sorry. It's just, uh, just fantastic, isn't it? I think he's scored as many goals as any midfielder in the Premier League since Deitch took over. I think it's 11. So, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I couldn't even remember a mistake that he'd made uh, against Chelsea. So, that, I mean, that, that's just testimony because, you know, we've had the conversation ourselves before where, you know, we, he, he is a frustrating player and he can be, he can be clumsy. But, I mean, he just seems, he's, in, he's really in his own right now. And just the, the confidence to, um, you know, to hit things first time, which I think we've said is his 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 greatest strength is you know if he's going to do anything, hit it first time because the more time he has to think, you know, the more things go awry. But yeah, t- he's just um, he's just terrific right now. Some of the reports have kind of referred, compared him to Tim Cahill, not obviously in style, but just kind of in, in impact and that ability to start chipping in with goals. Um, from unexpected sources, so yeah, long may that continue. But uh, yeah, the, the the match on a whole, I think, was one as we've said, we really had to sort of gut our way through. We obviously play a high intensity game that demands a lot of running, um, and we were playing obviously on a day's less rest uh, than Chelsea after what was a huge effort against Newcastle. So you know, to to not let any of those intensity levels drop against what is still a very good group of players, even if they don't look like much of a team yet under under Pochettino. I mean, that was hugely commendable. And and you can see and hear how much pride Deitch had in that team afterwards. You know, some who's trying not to get over to get over excited. I think, but you could, it was really you could really sort of see almost this kind of um, paternal pride and what you know and how the players have been responding to his to his instructions and the way they're being applied by the players on the pitch. 
and the results we've been picking up, you know, as I said, since that faltering start, I mean, it was hard f- to pick a man of the match for me as against Newcastle because, frankly, they were all excellent to a man. But again, against Chelsea on Sunday, it was um, it was much more um, about doing, as Deitch said, the hard yards, the gritty stuff, and staying in the game. Uh, and in that respect, I think Adam, the defenders, probably stood out the most, didn't they? Yeah, and you mentioned Newcastle there, and a lot was made of their performance against us um, midweek, well, Thursday, um, that they tired and that the likes of Trippier made mistakes. And to stay that focused against that Chelsea side so late on, to to hold them out and, and really restrict them. Chelsea had had a couple of chances. Most of them were from different uh, distance, sorry. And most of them as well, when they worked the ball wide, there was always an Everton body either closing down or getting him away. And... Again, to refer back to Newcastle, because they like to talk about Everton, so I might as well do the same for a second. They, <laughs> um, I saw a little bit of the Spurs game, and you saw Spurs getting into very similar positions to the ones that the Chelsea wingers were getting into, and they were porous. And it shows you how drilled that, that back four, the back five, I guess, if you include Pickford as well, is at this point in time. They're, they're really settled. The fact that Ashley Young can go off injured um, and Patterson can really seamlessly slot into that defensive unit. Firstly, credit to him, as I mentioned earlier, I think we've been saying for a while, we like to see more of Patterson um, and he's, he's certainly not let anyone down his substitute appearances in the last couple of games. Um, And again, that's probably the best I've seen him in an Everton shirt. I think he was, he was really, really solid and, again, showed his ability to cover ground, which is something that you'd like to see, obviously, a bit more of as the season goes on. But it's also testament to, yeah, the work Deitch has done on getting the rest of that defensive unit so well drilled, so organised, that even though it was tense and, yeah, seven minutes goes up and you fear the worst and you really do stop feeling, oh, this is this is going to... It's getting to that point in the game where this is going to feel worse <laughs> you know a, a point at the start of the day maybe doesn't seem so bad and certainly <laughs> seven from that nine I'm sure we all would have snapped uh snapped our hands off but um but but to hold out and to to do it so resolutely really really bodes well for this run of fiction in December and I remember we we said looking ahead to these games and this was prior to the point deduction that okay these sides a, a, a lot of them on paper appear better uh, than ourselves, but actually we might be able to get something from it. And Daesh has really, really turned the tables in our favour. It's 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 a it's, He's found a way of winning these kinds of games, winning games at Goodison again uh, when it matters. Um, it really does bode well for, obviously, the tough games to come in um, in this in this busy uh, festive period. But yeah, you're right. It, it starts from the back. Again, Pickford, also worth giving a mention to him, made a couple of saves. I've got to say that the save from distance from Palmer at first, I thought that's, he's, it's, he's kind of showboating for the cameras a little bit. It's actually yeah. a really good save. On, it is, on, yeah. on watch, watching it uh, back at home, I was like, that's, 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 he, he's done really well to actually get the distance that he got on it. And, and again, you compare it to other keepers in the division, other sides, um, you know, we've we've got a really, really good defensive unit on our day. Um, and then obviously it's great when we uh, take the chance at the other end of the pitch. Yeah, I think, I think Tarkovsky's really sort of uh, having a big a big impact on all that. He's, he's really skipping well there. I think he's keeping that. He's, get, he's getting in the way. He's making so many blocks and headed clearances. He's really sort of wearing his heart on his sleeve at the moment, uh, James Tarkovsky. That's... Um, it's good to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued looking ahead to the Burnley game. Um, how, if we can keep this up, because obviously, you know, you'd say the likelihood is that the um, that young, young won't be there. Likelihood is that Coleman won't be there, I'd say. Um, so Patterson's probably probably going to have to play there. And uh, you'd assume Michael Keane will be, will, will be coming in, although he wasn't on the bench on Sunday. I don't know what that was for. I don't know if that was... He's any not sort of fit, is he? It seems yeah, he's got an ankle in ankle injury. Yeah. So it could be Ben so Goffey. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how how much of an opportunity them lads, you know, how, how well they take their opportunities, I suppose, particularly Godfrey. I think Patterson, is, you know, it's a reasonable chance Patterson gets himself a lot of other games here. You know, I think that, that you know, that the other two might take a lot bit longer to recover. Then we don't know much about Coleman's yet, do we? How serious, how, how serious that might be. So hopefully not too bad. 
Um, young again, it could he could be out. We don't, again, we don't know a lot yet, but he could potentially be out for a little while, you know. So Patterson might, you know, have to be available for it. Then we've got Christmas games coming up. He could see Garner there at some point, you know, things like that. We just, you know, um, or maybe Godfrey, you know. So, uh, you know, these lads have had to wait for the opportunity, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's you know, they've got they got to go and try and take it now. Um, the midfield's a bit more simple to sort of sort out because Anana just comes in for gay, doesn't he, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I'm interested to see how well they can cope with the challenge of, uh, of Burnley on uh, on Saturday with a, with a changed defence. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that surprised me is is this sort of narrative around Nathan Patterson because I, when he's come in this season and the last few months, he hasn't actually doesn't really put much of a foot wrong. No. It, it just seems that almost people have sort of defaulted to the fact that well, if Deitch isn't picking him, then there must be something wrong there or he hasn't been in good form. He has been in good form, you know. He's just been he's just been preferred or rather an older, more experienced player has been um, preferred to him. I thought he was excellent when he came on um, against Chelsea. And, you know, that's... That's the player that, that that I've always thought that he is. I think you have to go back to the Brighton home game for the last time he had a real howler. And he was not the only one who had a howler yeah. on that evening. You know, <laughs> so um I think that he's he's due his chance and I'm hoping that that he gets a run on the side and, and um can take it because you know, he he's younger, so he's got the legs to get up and down the pitch and therefore he offers a bit more in the final third, just purely by, you know, more occasions in, in in the final third to to create something, and I think he got the assist against a uh, uh, Sheffield United, um, and so there's no reason why he can't you know can't sort of grab this 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 opportunity. But yeah, it is going to be a bit of a um a bit of a testing time for you know for the squad because as we've said, it is a very uh, very small squad, and I think that kind of difficult winter that we've kind of feared might be ahead might be starting starting now because we've talked about you know suspensions and injuries maybe start to bite just when the fixture list starts to uh to bite on us as bite us as well um you know obviously we have the knocks to young and coleman um as we've said Keane is is an early injury down i'm not too sure i have no idea how serious this ankle problem is but you know he wasn't in the squad at all um, and then we obviously have Gay and Branthwaite serving one match bans. I think Adam, as you said, um, if you had to pick one game this month for a, for a couple of our first choice starters to be missing for a game because of a suspension, this will probably be it. You know, no disrespect to Burnley, and it's not going to be an easy game because you know they're they're sort of starting to find their feet a little bit. Burnley, uh, a little bit. They, I think they got the uh, the one one draw at Brighton at the weekend, which is obviously a good result for them. Um, so you know, it's 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 not um, it's not ideal. If all of these players miss out, um, we're down to our last two available centre backs. But you know, you just you just you have confidence now that that under Sean Dyche we're going to be able to manage it. Um, but yeah, big opportunity for Patterson, big opportunity for uh, for Ben Godfrey if he's the one who ends up playing. Yeah, you feel, you feel like Godfrey's got the biggest point to prove, don't you? We've we've spoken about him a few times. That he's, I'm, I'm trying to think the last time he 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 played was in the League Cup. Doncaster, I think he started. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> didn't didn't set the world alight. So he's coming in very cold in this one. Yeah, if he plays, yeah, yeah. And he's, I, I know he's, he's one of the few who's played a couple of reserve games as well. So, but yeah, he, he's certainly not. We've used the term before, Deitch fit. Um, you, you'd think. Um, but yeah, there's there, there is some kind of player there with Ben Grafford. It's, it's interesting that he's one of the few players who's been kind of linked with a. January exit partly because he's not been playing, but also with fairly high-profile sides like the Spurs were mentioned. So we, we, we've seen in the past that there's something there, and, and he's he's had bad luck with injuries. I think he suffered quite badly with um, COVID as well, didn't he? Um, again, you're right. It, it's it's probably the kind of game you'd you'd want to kind of come back into. Um, Burnley, you're right, are picking up a little, but I feel like. They're fairly kind of passive with the ball, and I think that will suit us. Um, the, the thing I'd be a little more concerned about, and I, I think we've all sort of alluded to it with um, the wide players, um, certainly Harrison at the end of that game was really tired. McNeil, again, put in some real yards and was clearly suffering at the end. That's one area of the pitch where Dobbin coming coming on and making an impact is great, but I, I can't see Sean Dyche starting him. Likewise, Dan Juma has been cold and clearly isn't really favoured at the moment. That's maybe the area where I feel we could have the most joy with Burnley in terms of pressing high on their back four and letting them make some mistakes, really. Um, but it might not be one that we can fully take advantage on, on, on Saturday. But I guess 
there's, there's six days. These guys are getting paid more than enough to sort of look after themselves in a week. And also, there is nothing more buoyant than a win like that on Sunday and three mm-hmm. wins on the bounce. Yeah, That's sometimes enough to give you the momentum to carry through. And when you start to look at the gap that's opening up between ourselves and that bottom three um, with a win on Saturday, regardless of what happens to a points deduction. I mean, it's it's balmy to think that, you know, without that, we'd be, what, three points behind where, where Newcastle are now and, you know, just, just a couple behind the likes of uh, Spurs and Manchester United as well. It's 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 a really impressive little run we put together. And I, even, even with those injuries and suspensions, even with a bit of a patched up back four, I still fancy us to at least get something away at uh, Turf Moor on, some, um, on Sunday, on Saturday. I think watching Burnley, there's always a mistake in them. And that, 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 that's the thing. If we can be as kind of clinical as we were on Sunday, then we've probably got at least one goal in the game. You know, so... Um, that was a much yeah. better way of saying what I just said, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> Short and sweet. You know? <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, so that's, yeah, that, that, that's... So, yeah, there's obviously you'd imagine there'd be opportunities in the game uh, to score. It's, I just don't know what to make of this one. The, you know, the almost the lazy thing to say is, oh, yeah, come on, we're better than them. We'll, we can go and win that. And obviously, we can go and win that game. But there's obviously, it's an evening game in Burnley. You know, imagine that, obviously, there's a lot of connections there. Sean Dice, Tarkovsky, Keane, McNeil. You know I mean? You know, you know it's, uh, no matter how much you... And we've had it, you know, with Moyes, for example. No matter how much you, you may admire and like the previous guy the crowd still want to get one over on them when they come back, you know, so there's going to be, um, now, but if anything, if, if, if Burnley played now, like they used to play on the Dyke shot Burnley, then you, I'd probably be a little bit more fearful for it. Because that's been like, you know, tackles are flying in, they're getting really stuck into the game. The crowd are all up, but the way they play, we had this kind of when Martinez came to Everton after following Moyes' sort of intensity approach. Martinez came and the crowd were just, you know, just, that, that first season picked up a bit, but incredibly flat because it can't help but sort of dampen the atmosphere a little bit when they're just seeing all these little passes, the little moves, and it's not much to get that excited about. And that feels to me that's a bit more like how Burnley play. You know what I mean? So I don't know if they can play into their crowd more. I'd give them, I'd probably give them more of an opportunity. Um, God, I hope that Ben Goffrey has a better performance the last time he was at Burnley because remember they had that absolute shock of beat, which mm. they, that's when we lost 3-2 and I think it was a real worry about relegation then and he was really culpable for, for the winner I think you know so um, hope he does a bit better than that uh, assuming he plays um, but yeah it's, I just don't know how to make it this game I think it's going to be I think it's going to be tough and I thought looking at all them games when before I think like you know, maybe after the Newcastle one I thought like Chelsea Chelsea home We've just done Newcastle. We've just, we've just done the hard work. Be beating Forest as well. I thought Chelsea at home, Burnley away, Spurs away. Burnley's the most important one because obviously where they are in the league. So, you know, we got to, regardless of what, you know, where we think we should be and all that, we've got to get distance. You know, we've got four points. It's effectively five, really, isn't it? The goal difference. If we can make that, you know, seven points away from them lot down there, then, you know, I mean, then it's, uh, it really starts to look a lot, a lot, a lot more rosy. And you go into Spurs with a bit of freedom, lose that at Burnley. We're, you know, we're then just a point a point off potentially, you know, down there. Say a few teams above us win, all of a sudden it could, you know, things can change very quickly, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, just try not to be too overly cautious. But, um, I just, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough battle at Burnley and just hope the uh, hope the, the lads are well prepared for it. But you can be confident they are, that they are, will be, because... You know, Sean Dyche is uh, he just has he just has them so well drilled at the moment, and uh, mentally the attitude's fantastic from the players at the moment. Also, that stems from the manager, so I'm confident they'll be up for it. Um, my slight concern would be the changes he's going to have to make to the defence, and let's see uh, let's see what what impact that makes. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think we're not we're the kind of team that Burnley won't want to face because they do they're one of those teams under instruction to play out the back at all costs. And, you know, with our pressing, you know, we're, we're going to get, Deitch is going to go in there and say, look, just try and force an early mistake, get an early goal, you know, flat, just pop pop whatever an air, out, air out of the balloon that they have coming into the game. And then, you know, we can manage it from there and, and sort of try and keep this this excellent record of, of not, never having lost under Sean Deitch when we score first. So, you know, there's, there's the incentive right there. Um, yeah, as you say, Paul, it's it's really down to um, to what, what changes we have to make in defense. I think 
this is going back to the Chelsea game, but just the, the one player we haven't really mentioned who was probably the standout performer on the on the pitch against Chelsea was Vitaly Mekalenko, mm-hmm. who who just keeps on improving. Talk about players not putting a foot wrong. I don't, I can't remember a single thing, single thing he did wrong against Chelsea. I mean, he was just superb against, as we know, a very, very good team. I mean, even Raheem Sterling comes on, no change. He's got, you know, he just, he just basically put Sterling in his back pocket alongside Palmer, and uh, it was just, yeah. I mean, who would have thought? And it's, it's, it's actually, you, when you look back the last eighteen months and the sort of the journey that has been on, the, the revelation that he's sort of played a year and a half with a hip problem. Yeah. Kind of, you know, this kind of the, that he this obviously this revelation that came out in the in the match day program. That suddenly you think, oh well, that makes sense, you know. That that the, but even despite that, he's been making this this sort of incremental uh, and gradual improvement, um, even playing with this injury. So I just, um, yeah, I can't say enough about him and, and and what he's been what he's been doing. It's been great to see. Yeah, definitely. And that that interview obviously it highlights. Um, the stress of what he's obviously had to deal with in his homeland. Um, of course, yeah. Let, let alone, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole litany of things that would, would that would give any other player an excuse to kind of have a bit of a slow start. And he's, he's, he's hardly been disastrous, has he? He's just not necessarily replaced um, the player that we lost in Luca Dean at that time, certainly in a more sort of free-flown attacking side somebody chip in with goals and assists. Well, now Mikalenko's doing that and a lot of things that Luca Dean could never do. Um, yeah. It's, um, it, it really is. It's, it's not a total transformation, but it's, it's just great to see how confident he is. You can feel the, the trust in other players around him. And, and as I mentioned, as part of that, that defensive unit, he's, he, he's, he's so integral now to the way we play. It gives us so much more balance. Um, you mentioned as well in them that obviously Sterling came on. One thing Chelsea did do, and you, you could argue it was maybe to their detriment, but they, they were changing things up quite a lot. They were switching players out out wide. Obviously, Reese James went off injured, so Kukurea was getting quite a lot of space early on. And I'm sort of like, well, if one player can have space in the pitch, probably Kukurea. Um <laughs> But he, he was getting in some really dangerous positions uh, on yeah. the left-hand side. And then once he moved over to the right and Mikolenko was there, he, he was kind of out of the game, really, which, again, might be down to him. But certainly those other players that you mentioned, he, he kept them quiet. He's done that in, in other games against top opposition. He started to roam forward a lot more. We've seen that in the goals. But just the fact that there'll be little moments now where he bombs on forward to make that run and it just gives Dwight McNeil that little bit more time for Dwight McNeil to dig a cross out. That's, that's such a big difference to our game. And, yeah, the interesting thing will be whether we can start to maybe try and replicate that on the right-hand side with Patterson and uh, Harrison mm-hmm. hopefully striking up a bit of an understanding as well because then we really will start to start to look dangerous from out wide and hopefully feed Dom, who, again, is probably the one player we haven't mentioned yet, um, who worked really hard, but apart from that one chance which led to the goal, um, was a little starved of service. And I'd like to think that against Burnley... Um, as you say, Paul, with the, with the mistakes that you'd expect them to make. In a similar way to uh, when Bournemouth came to Goodison, it's a side who you really want to take advantage of. And um, yeah, I've, I've been tipping Dom to score for a while and ever since I started doing that, he hasn't. But I, I fancy him to get one away at Burnley. Um, but you can definitely see both ends of the pitch, Mikolenko being heavily, heavily involved. Yeah, it's a shout, Dominic, isn't it? He hasn't, uh, he hasn't, hasn't scored in a while, so he's got to be due a goal. Uh, maybe this weekend that would be, that would be nice. Um, yeah, he's had big shoes to fill. Uh, coming, you know, replacing Luca Dean was a very good left back. I think regardless of what people like to sort of bet, I thought he was a really good player. Really, and he's showing that really now. He's a really quality player, Luca Dean. So big shoes to fill. Uh, coming in, coming into him, and it's taken them a while. Um, Mikalenka, but he's looking so accomplished now. He really is. He's, he's he's almost got like a little bit of swagger about him now. You know, I mean, he's really yeah. looking, really <laughs> looking the part. And you, you can't face him enough, can you? For just talk about just getting your head down and working hard and, you know, doing doing the best you can. And uh, good on him. And he's, he's pitched him with some, some bloody good goals as well <laughs> this season, don't forget, you know. So, uh, really good on him. Really, really pleased for him. I think we all are. It's, um, again, been through a lot, obviously. So, um, doing really, really well there. Um, and, uh, yeah, just... Uh, Let's just hope it continues. I mean, that's the thing we've got now, isn't it? Though with the you know with Young out, for example, who would play left back if Mikalengo got you know uh, was to get a little bit of a knock? If 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 Keane doesn't recover from that ankle thing, 
if Godfrey goes down, who comes into centre back then? You know, you haven't even got Coleman to kind of fill in there. You know, what I mean, it's uh, well, Mikalenko can play centre back, but then that goes back to your previous point: who yeah. plays left back then? You know, we don't have exactly. a, a kind of versatile Ghana type to play on the left. Probably McNeil. Yeah, I, yeah, I suppose McNeil. Yeah. What do you do on the left? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. So, hope it doesn't come to that. Eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, one one final mention to the Gascora of the second goal. I mean, what a moment! What a moment for Lewis Dobbin. It just if it, it, I don't know, you just I just felt I almost just lived the whole thing vicariously through him. I'm, you know, I'm sure we've all kind of thought that if we'd ever played for Everton, what it would feel like to score. You know, at Goodison, obviously it wasn't in the Gladys Street. Unfortunately, it was the park end, but he won't care. I and mean, mm-hmm. brilliantly taken goal. And I've had some question marks over whether he has the quality to to sort of hold down a, a first uh, a first team um, starting role on the team. Obviously, very young to be making that determination now. But that will that will just light a fire under him. And uh, yeah, terrific finish, terrific moment. Loved it. Really good finish. Yeah, and it, it was it was nice that we we kind of put the ball in the box at that time because there was that sort of, oh, shall we, shall we try and keep it in the corner? Um, and I know Bramfway didn't commit to going for because, again, you could tell he was playing through the pain barrier. But, um, but yeah, when it when it dropped to him, uh, it was a fantastic finish. And, um, yeah, you, you could feel the release from him. He's he, he's, he's impressed at times. There have been others where, yeah, you're Ireland and he's, he's looked maybe a little out of, out of his depth. And certainly early on in the season, he was, he was being asked to kind of play quite an integral role, having... Only really had senior football at League One with Derby, wasn't it? So, mm-hmm, yeah. um, so it's, it's it's a hell of a step up, and he's he's only twenty years of age. There's there's still room to develop. Um, you know, we sent Leon Osman on loan to Derby many a moon ago, and he didn't really kind of bloom into a first team player until well into his mid twenties. So True, there's still potential yeah. there, and I think certainly over this, this festive period, you'd expect him at least to be kind of coming on for those last sort of 25, 30 minutes of games as the likes of Harrison and McNeil kind of gradually make me tired watching them because certainly it's, at times, bless him, Harrison on uh, on Sunday. <laughs> I think there's one time where he kind of tripped over his own feet, didn't he? Because he, he just looked completely <laughs> spent. Um, but, um, but yeah, absolutely chuffed for Dobbin. I mean, yeah, great great to see someone score their first goal uh, in blue. And um, yeah, hopefully chips him with a few more. It's great to see players coming off the bench and making an impact just like Beto did against Newcastle. Yeah, so it's always great to see you know, um, products of the youth development system coming through and, and, and contributing. Now, we don't know, you know, <clears throat> how long, uh, you know, what, what sort of impact Lewis Dobbin's going to have at Everton, but one, it's great you see there's, there's something right there which you can never take away from him. He scored, yeah, a really mm-hmm. important goal at Goodison Park and, that might be as good as it ever gets for him. We don't know. You know what I mean? But like, let, let's let's hope it's not. You know what I mean? But like, he, he, he's made his mark and that's just a beautiful thing regardless of what else happens. Uh, Lewis Dobby, he's, you know, he's, it, it's great that Sean Dyche has given him, you know, given him that opportunity. He hasn't had loads of opportunities, but to be getting in ahead of, ahead of Dan Juma, you know, that, that, that's something. I know it's more probably more to do with Sean, probably not fancying Dan Juma to do the, do the hard work, do, you know, do, do the defensive work. I think Red Decorley finally gets his fifth yellow card. Maybe we'll see a game from Dan Juma and number ten ball. We'll see. But like, um, really pleased for him. It's just a, such a nice moment to see. Um, and we haven't really got too many youth players out there at the moment. You know what I mean? So obviously we've sold sold a lot of them on. Obviously we sold Anthony Gordon. Um, uh, I've forgotten his name. The one that went to uh, Coventry in Tom, the, in the Tom Cannon and uh, Ellis Sims. Oh, uh, Ellis Sims, yeah. Ellis Sims, yeah. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. And Tom Cannon. Yeah, I mean, so he's like handy players, you know. Like, and um, so really, you know, it's, it's just good to see somebody from the youth uh, from the youth system is is there and is contributing and and scoring. So uh, really, really well, really well done to the to the young lads. So really made up for them. Yeah, I was going to ask what, what what it means for Dan Juma because he's been seemingly out of the picture for a while now and people are now starting to speculate is there something more to it does Deitch not fancy him is he not putting in the effort on the training ground it's uh it's an interesting one I mean I was trying not to read too much into it because he's kind of rotated Beto and Chimiti for there for a while bringing one on as the sub in one game and then the other in the next game so um I potentially I think we may get an answer over the next month I think as as you you know as, as we've said with these games coming up it's gonna we're gonna need to uh to maximise the squad, uh, as as small as it is, uh, to 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 the to the greatest degree, I think. 
Oh, yeah. if, if Andy Lonergan's playing left wing, then you know it's a problem with Dan Schumer, <laughs> don't you? He might be the emergency centre back. That one's more likely. Yeah. That's, that's another Burnley connection as well, isn't it? I think. <laughs> but, oh, uh, is it now? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The, um, the performance against Man United off the bench with Dan Juma concerned me a little bit. Not that, you know, he was thrust into a game to see how it's, which, which had really gone away from us by that point, really. But, like, um, it just seemed like rather petulant. He was just trying to, stu- I mean, you know, he's, he's a creative player. So, obviously, he's, he's going to try the extraordinary. Um, but I just felt some of the things he did were just a bit petulant and a bit sort of like, you know, like angry, sort of like, you know what I mean? Frustrated, just like sort of, oh, sod it, I'm going to try and do this. And that rather than sort of playing as a team player, um, which obviously wasn't fruitful. Um, now, Again, it was a tough time for him to come on and come into a game really and expect him to go and do something. But it didn't feel like the contributions he was making were geared towards, oh, this is going to get us a goal. It felt more like, oh, like, well, you know, I'm just going to do what I want here and try and take on six players or whatever. You know what I mean? It felt like a little bit, I don't know, you, you can, you know, I'm reading a lot into like a little 10 minute cameo, but just, I don't know, it just, it felt a little petulant as performance then. Um, so. I don't know. You, you don't know. He could have just literally been been annoyed and wanted to, you know. And, and it's fair. He hasn't been playing, so maybe you've eaten too much into it. But they're all human at the end of the day. He's a good player. That's the thing. I hope he gets some opportunities at some point. I mean, I think I don't know. I guess the thing is, we're winning so many games. You know, what I mean, how can you know? And it's not like you know, we're not having to ask him to come on and change a game because we're already winning these games. You know, what I mean, uh, so you know. You'll get opportunities if we're chasing games. Yeah, you know I mean, and if, and if you weren't getting games, you know, you probably would have had opportunities. But how can you? You can't really change that ethos if it's winning, if it's producing results and winning games. So, like Godfrey's been now, he's just going to have to be patient, wait for his opportunity. The Corley will have a suspension soon, but if he gets a book in the next couple of games, he probably will. Um, that'd be five. You might get a chance then. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a cup game coming up. You, know, you might get a chance then. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, he's just got to be patient and uh, be professional, and like the rest of them. He's not the only one waiting for an opportunity. So. It's going to have to wait. ToffeeWeb.com is the longest running Everton website with an archive of more than 35,000 articles. This is the ToffeeWeb podcast. All right, well, let's finish off with our, our weekly question. Um, and in view of Vitaly Mikolenko's uh, uptick in form, uh, Paul, this was yours. What other Everton player, past or present, has won you over? Uh, you know, someone who you weren't convinced by, uh, but they improved and eventually became you know, sort of an indispensable part of a team. I've written a couple down, but there's one which really stands out. And it's probably, I imagine, <laughs> probably on the tip of your tongue, Sue. It's uh, Stephen Naismith. Um, I, I thought when he came, I thought, oh, I don't know, I'm not, not, not too sure about him. Looks, I don't know, he's coming from the Scottish, he looked good in Scotland. Is he really going to make it? You know, like uh, them feelings. It took him a while to settle in, really. He didn't have loads of opportunities, did he, in that first season on the Moyes as well, to be fair. And then um, he really took off on the Martinez. Um, <clears throat> he became such an important, integral part. And then he, then he was shown out the door, which was frustrating, really, because he, he had a he just showed a good attitude and uh, Smith in games. He was feisty as well. And uh, I don't knack a score and didn't he knew where the goal was. Just quite quite uh, calm in front of the goal. Um, yeah, much better player than I originally gave him credit for. I was a bit disappointed when he left. So, yeah, that would be uh, it's the one that stands out for me, Stephen Naismith. Obviously, obviously scored a trick against Chelsea. Oh as yeah, well, <laughs> nice and nice and fitting. Yeah, he 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 was definitely on my list as well because yeah, certainly Emo was a it was a kind of strange free transfer, wasn't it? It was when uh, Rangers were having financial difficulties. I remember thinking, yeah. uh, it feels a bit kind of Jermaine Beckford territory this, someone who's <laughs> going to kind of come and come and go. And yeah, I guess he did, but he, he certainly certainly made an impact on the Martinez. Um, the other one I thought of immediately was Lee Carsley, where, um, oh, yeah. where there wasn't much fanfare around his side. I think he was one of the last Walter Smith signings. And, um, and obviously not not a very glamorous signing um for lots of reasons buying uh you know um a bald man from Coventry is never never really going to be sort of too glamorous um but hope we've got played... no bald listeners in Coventry now are they yeah if, if we are <laughs> Lee, if you're listening uh, um, <laughs> um sorry mate uh, I'm about to say nice things about you I promise um, but um obviously he was such such a pivotal part of that um of that uh, fourth place finish and then and then continue to be. I, I know he. I think. I think he got injured 
that right at the end of that season. Um, but then um, obviously continued to be a, a real sort of fulcrum in that David Moyes side and allowed a lot of other players to to really play the best football. Leon Osman, I mentioned before, certainly Kale and Arteta as well. So, um, yeah, he, he's a one for me. And again, th- there's that caveat with this question there. It's, it's not as if Mikolenko's been dreadful. Um, mm. the, the other the other kind of candidate might have been someone like an Alex Awobi, I guess, mm. where there's there was a, a clear kind of uptick in form and part of it's based on your expectation. But, um, but yeah, M- Mikolenko's certainly shown that give give players that little bed and in time, give the likes of Beto maybe a bit longer than a couple of games to fully judge them. Let 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 players adjust to the new environment and um and hopefully reap the benefits. Who was yours, Lyndon? Yeah, I don't know if it's, this is more in line with the question in terms of an uptick in form. It's more just players who sort of came in that you didn't have big expectations of, but eventually became really impressive players. And the two that came to mind immediately were Gareth Barry, mm-hmm who we signed, you know, kind of at the end of his career. And yes, he was coming from Manchester City and he was already a very good player. But, you know, I, I wasn't expecting him to come in and sort of have the impact that he did. And then the other one was Stephen Pienaar, who I think was kind of almost um, washed up at that point. He's really struggling in Dortmund um, and then came in and, and became, a, a you know, just a star player. And I suppose you could say the same thing of Mikel Arteta as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, he had a, had a spell at Rangers, um, you know, had, had sort of not done that much in Spain, and then you know Moyes brings him in, and all of a sudden he just um, you know blossoms. And those those are the kinds of signings that just seem that much harder to make now because everyone seems to have you know all the all the scouts who've got all the you know all the information, all the stats, and all these databases and stuff. It just seems to be harder to kind of pick those gems out. But uh, yeah, those are the ones that that came came to mind for me. He did that a lot, Moyes, didn't he? Kind of. And it, it it didn't always work bringing in someone like a Van der Maeder, for example, and yeah. um, it, it it didn't quite pay off. But the, the, the other one I was well, there's a couple actually at the back I was going to mention. Other Moy signings were um, Phil Jagielka, obviously came in and sort of played yeah. more in a sort of midfield mm-hmm. role. But again, it, it's not like he was terrible for a year and then finally woke up. Right. Um, and then and then a similar similar tangent would have been uh, Julian Lescott as well. Who sort of you know I wasn't particularly excited about, but certainly mm-hmm. arrived played in an unfamiliar position at left-back and then made centre-back his own. And who knows, maybe Ben Godfrey's going a kind of long way around doing the same thing. <laughs> going back a bit further, one I um, remember a sign and think, oh, well, I mean, I'm seeing him a few times. So I go, oh, he's, he, he, he's pretty awful. I don't really know what he's, you know, what he's going to contribute here. Was, um, but then by the end, by the time he left, I thought, oh, well, he was actually, I quite liked him in the end. He was quite a good uh, um Quite a good, you know, good, good, uh, good, feisty player who who tried his best. Uh, well, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm dragging this on and on and on here. <laughs> into Spencer, aren't I? So, uh, uh, no, it's um, uh, Mark Pembridge. Uh, no, mm. not not, not yeah. a really gifted player, but like certainly, you know, he, he, he had some qualities and made the most of what he had. And by the end, well, you know, fair play. He's like, you know, came wasn't impressed and really won me over by thinking, okay, you know, sometimes effort and hard work. Is enough to do that for you sometimes, isn't it? You know, so um, yeah, that was, that was probably the next one on my list. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Kilban as well. <laughs> Good old Zinedine Kilban. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks, fellas. We'll wrap it up there. Uh, we'll be back after the Burnie game, and uh, hopefully, we'll be celebrating another three points that gives us that much bigger cushion between us and the bottom three. Uh, but we'll be back, as I say. Um, possibly with a full team. Until then, Blues, take care as always, and up the toffees. Nice,